Hey guys, so uh, today's guest on Leading Men podcast is Mr. Dax Moy. Um, I'm just going to hand it straight over to Dax and just get him to introduce himself and who he is, and then we'll just we'll, we'll get straight into it, basically. So thanks, thanks <laughs> yeah. for coming on, Dax, mate. No worries, mate. My, my pleasure. So who is Dax Moy? Well, apart from, apart from being a guy with a really weird name, right? So here's, here's an interesting fact for you. If you Google Dax Moy, there's only one on the planet. So there's only one person with that extremely weird combination of, of, of names. Um, there are plenty of other Daxes and there are plenty of other Moyes, but there's only one Dax. There's only one. So that's the first thing. Um, obviously, I know, I know we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that, that I come from a, a bit of a military background, which I do. Mm-hmm. I, I joined the forces when I was, when I was 16. Um, and in one shape or another, um, I, 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 I guess I did a total of about 20 years service, but most of that as a reservist, yeah. um, you know, kind of. So I, so I did regular service, but I did I did the longer far by far the longer part of my service as a reservist. Um, but I guess kind of some of the some of the more interesting parts of my life are really that um, from, I guess you could say, very, very humble beginnings. You know, I grew up on a very violent council estate um, in, in North London um really really poor violent violent family my, my my dad was a kind of an alcoholic glaswegian gangster um who i who i stabbed through the heart when i was 15 years old um uh, basically he was in the, he was in the middle of an extremely violent attack on my mom i ended up stabbing him through the heart uh, which caused me to drop out of school which caused me to go and live in uh, brecon beacons and all, all that area of wells for a while um and when i when i finally didn't get charged formally and have to spend the rest of my life in prison um i i i joined the junior leaders and kind of went into the military from there but the front i so that's the humble beginnings part the uh, my life has kind of taken on some really really interesting turns uh, i've been the highest paid personal trainer in the uk for around about 15 to 20 years um got literally i kind of i, I appeared on the scene and just things went nuts with my business and that was great i owned several personal training studios and all that kind of stuff they're closed now um i moved on to the more i guess you could say the more cerebral um transformational coaching side kind of point where i figured that no matter how many workout programs you gave people and no many no matter how many nutrition lists you gave them and said eat this and don't eat that there was still something else going on i got really interested in that side of things um and i and it was um, in, in the in the posher sense, I moved into way beyond just gen, general life coaching, but into the neuroscience of transformational behavior. But in in the less posher sense, um, I guess I study mind fuckery. Um, what, right? What what thrust? So on the one hand, I kind of consider myself a neuroscientist, and on the on the on behavioral neuroscientist, and on the other hand, I consider myself. Uh, a student of mind fuckery, which is kind of what, what I tend to lean into. And so my, my clients have been pop stars, polar explorers, uh, kind of Fortune 500 CEOs, um, A-listers, celebrities, you name it. And I run I run several companies. So one of my run very high-level retreats abroad. Clients will come and live with me for a week at a time um, in Thailand, and we will we'll strip them naked, so to speak. Um, and we'll kind of we'll, we'll look at we'll look at what's you know we'll look at their personal brand their personal blend of mind fuckery like what's keeping them from who they want to be yeah and when you when you figure out what's keeping you from being who you want to be you start to figure out what's keeping you from having what you want to have and doing what you want to do and most people tend to engineer it the other way around they say here's some stuff I want to have and here's some things I want to do 
And why is it that I never get it? Or if I get it, I lose it so quick. And kind of the that kind of being who you want to be bit becomes the primary the primary kind of aha moment for most people. The Homer Simpson, you know, yeah. kind of where they where they wake up to they wake up to themselves maybe for the first time ever. And bear in mind these are very very high flyers in their own right. And most people would look at them. You know, many of them are in magazines and in the news and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you look at them and go, God, they've got it all. And these are some of the people that feel like they have the least. And so it's that's where the mind fuckery comes in. Mm. Um, and I, I run courses for coaches in neuroscience, uh, in the neuroscience of transformational coaching. Um, and yeah, kind of that that's me in a nutshell, really. Kind of I, I do a lot of interesting things. I'm a I've been around, you know, I, I was reading a list. I, I put a post up the other day. You probably saw it. I did see that. actually. Yeah. Of, of, you know, all the places I've been and all the things I've done and. When I when even when I read my own list, it seems like bullshit. Like, how has one guy done that? Right. And and you know, I, I talk to my wife about it all the time, looking and go, how has this guy done these things? And it, I read the list and I'm going, Yeah, he hasn't done that. And I realize I'm talking about myself. <laughs> you know, so I have been I, I describe I don't describe myself as particularly lucky because I've had a lot of really unlucky things happen to me yeah. um but uh, but I consider myself extremely fortunate uh, kind of the the way I've engineered my life um the way others have allowed me to play roles in their lives have allowed me to have some really incredible experiences that have that have uh, turned me into a person who's quite passionate and purposeful about helping other people have similar kind of experience in their own vein like whatever is important to them I want to help them get so I think that pretty much covers it we're a guy with a weird name who's done some stuff been places and studies mind fuckery that's like that's the best intro ever dax that, <laughs> that, that even the, the last bit is just like best best description <laughs> but um i like that mate that's like that's like yeah that's a, that's a lot of shit basically <laughs> but I, I like um um some of the pieces there in where you're saying this kind of like you know do the things and have the things and it's like then i'll be the person rather than actually be the person that has the things and does the things. Because I, yes. I, I, I see this a lot in the, se- in the sense of, I see both sides of that, like people who are like, right, do all the shit, do, do all the things and kind of hustle to then it's like, then you'll create the person or it's actually all the inner, doing the inner work in the sense of being the person, the self-image to like then have and do the things. And like, what's, what's the big difference in there for you that you see? Um. So that I, I guess the very first first distinction that I would make is that people, the people that are leaning into, you know, if you want to call it the navel gazing part part, right? Because the the inner work, a lot of people kind of think I ain't got time for all that crap, you know, kind of <laughs> haven't got time time for that. There's if I if I just become an action taker, you know, there's all these other guys in self development saying take action, take action, and yeah. I would agree with them. Like you should be taking mm. action. Yeah. But if you're taking it, you know, let's put it into the context of something military, you know, you're you're on an operation and, you know, you're standing you're standing at the kind of the, the fob and you're getting ready to go out and patrol. And someone just says, get going, guys, get going. You're late. You're behind, behind time. And you just walk out the gates and you start walking off really fast. You start you're tabbing down the road or yomping down the road or whatever. Right. Regardless of what regiment, right? With different terminologies, but you're you're yomping down yomping down the road, and you're five miles into it, and you realise you've been heading in the wrong direction because you didn't take the time to pull your map and compass out, orientate yourself to the ground, say where exactly am I, and where exactly am I intending to get to next? Mm. And I think that's a really good analogy for what I see a lot of people who are action takers and hustlers 
doing. You know, they're they're on journeys where they're lost, constantly mm. lost. They don't know where the fuck they are. Uh, they're in this literally like looking around, going, "This isn't where I wanted to be. This isn't where I wanted to go. This isn't how I imagined being at thirty or forty or fifty. Like, how did I get here?" Yeah. And you got here by hustling, 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 and keep walking without ever stopping to check your map and compass and say, where am I? And that's the map and compass is a brilliant analogy for this idea of knowing who you are, because knowing who you are is a big part of knowing where you are and why you're there. Yeah, I, I like I, I, I use the uh, the naval term of like, you know, if you leave port on ship and you just uh, fuck it, just set, just set sail is like. You, you're gonna you're gonna end up in some fucking random places rather than like say if you've got your coordinates and you leave and you're going like you know exactly where you're going yeah. and in human terms it's like that's where you put your focus and energy in towards that and it's it's like that I suppose that journey is like it's actually who you become in the process as well right it's like that's that I've found coming from that background of military where I did exactly that it's like I'll just action the fuck out of everything when I when I leave. And it was yeah. just like fucking burnout, lost, anxiety, like all these things. And just like, oh, fucking hell, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And But I can, if I just keep doing action and action and action, then it's just like eventually something will work. And then it was actually the really going into more into the inner work. And for me, it was more of the emotional part as well. That was like, uh, is, oh shit. When you start to realize who you are, what you actually want, the life you live in is actually not, sometimes yeah. probably the who you are and what you actually want and it's it's uh, that lost feeling is something that is the action i think sometimes you try to avoid as well right yeah i got about five years into my personal training career and i things had really kicked off for me i was on you know i was on this morning and kind of gmtv and i was in the papers and i was being uh, you know kind of giving interviews to washington yeah. Post, all kinds of stuff like that right it was kind of pretty decent stuff and i i experience now what look back what i call the year of being a dick right? <laughs> and the year of being a dick was me buying into a lot of oh look at me i've made it no one in my family's ever done that yeah. like now i'm the highest paid trainer around and look at me i'm, I'm in all these newspapers and magazines i i was by other people that knew me at the time they said oh we didn't really consider you a dick but yeah you were a bit full of yourself okay right and the only reason that was possible is because during that period i took my eye off of who i wanted to be and where yeah. i wanted to go and instead put put all my focus into like what do I want to have right so like well I want to get I want to kind of earn more money and I want to get in even more magazines and I want to be invited to speak on stage at these events and it was they're all cool things to do but I lost part of myself for that year and it kind of you know as that year progressed I went this isn't the deal I made with myself about who I was going to be and I, I a lot when I'm working with a lot of my clients, I realize that most of them have never actually really made any concrete deal with themselves about who they want to be. They've they're, a lot of them get really clear about stuff they want to have, but yeah, most yeah. people have never made a deal with themselves about who they want to be. And you know that's that's one one of the questions I ask my clients all the time is is this who you said you'd be when this happens? And it can be when something good is happening, like okay, you're making money and you're high flying and all this. But is the way you're treating people and the way you're showing up in the world, is that who you said you'd be when you made it? And on the, on the flip side, when, when the shit hits the fan and things are going wrong, is like, is this who you said you'd be when the shit hits the fan and things go wrong for you? Is that, is that the guy that you wanted to show up in the world as? And most people, if they're answering honestly, will say, no, yeah, I never yeah. really thought I'd be like this. 
And it's most of us take our eye off of who we want to be. And we just focus so heavily onto what we want to have. And it's that, that's, I think that's a big part of that distinction of you, you see, you know, I know, I know your, your whole thing is really about leadership. And I, I think, I think you can't really be a leader without knowing who you intend to be. It's, it's ultimately leading yourself. Yeah, uh, am yeah, I following, yeah. am I following myself or my own plan to the, to being the version of me that I said I was going to be yeah. or has, or has the world pulled me off track and I'm spending my year being a dick or some people spend a decade being a dick or a lifetime being a dick. Right. Yeah. Like what? But you can stop that journey at any time. You go, oh, hold on. I don't have to do this no more. I can, I can go back to redefining myself. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I do. It's that like um, being guided from within as such rather than because there's so much distraction out there. So many people distraction, the, the shiny object syndrome, yeah. the next best thing. It's rather than like, I think I like to say it's like the, a lot of it's like the unsexy shit, right? The day to day, the, the unsexy shit really yeah. that it's more fulfilling in a sense of like who you become. And then the other stuff comes on top of that, but it's like, yeah, hundred percent is getting that the wrong way around. Cause it, when you said about like be um, working with celebrities and stuff and like A-listers and pop stars and that, it's like, like you said, it's, it's the, the thing where you see these people who are like, wow, they've, they've got everything. It must be amazing. But it would be right in saying that they're the ones that actually probably struggle them even more with their, the self-image side because they're, they're seen by more, they're seen by more people. That in yeah. That so, so there's two components to it, right? A, they're, they're having their, their life scrutinized, which is definitely a part of that. Right. Yeah. But there, there's something that's even deeper than that. And you think about it, like, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know where you are in the cycle of your business and kind of, you know, and I know for most of us, um, COVID has had some, had some effect. It's kind of you know, <laughs> yeah. done, done some things to our businesses. Right. Sure. And so you may, you know, like, likewise for me, I mean, I'm, I'm the COVID COVID hasn't not affected me. I've had, you know, just before we came on, I was telling you there are a few, yeah. uh, a few things that, that have happened with my businesses. So, but you still have this thing, like when you're, when you consider yourself to be on the way up, you've got a story that kind of keeps you focused and the story I call the story one day when I make it, I will. Okay. Right. Right. So one day when I make it, I will. And, and that story is, I'll buy the house. I'll take those holidays. I'll do those trips. I'll have those adventures. I'll yeah. have that car. I'll whatever, right? Kind of the yacht, the Lamborghini, whatever, whatever it is, whatever you tell yourself. Now imagine being one of those people that has the yacht, the Lamborghini, the helicopter, all the houses. They can go where they want. They stay five-star every place they go to. And their, st their life still doesn't feel complete. At least the people that are living in one, the one day when I make it, I will fantasy have something to just outside of their grasp they're always going but there's something to go for when you've got that and life still feels shit to you in some way it it's a, a rather hopeless feeling for many of them that's why so many so many high flyers are you know it's i think the general public have a hard time feeling sorry for i don't know if that's the right word but you know feeling sorry for yeah, yeah, yeah. people that seem to have everything but actually there is there is some there are some real challenges there because it's a it's a greater sense of hopelessness often like i have everything yeah. and life still doesn't feel good to me well where the fuck can i go with this now right and that's where you see the drink and the drugs and the weird behaviors and all of that kind of stuff coming in yeah. because they're trying to fill a gap that probably is never going to be filled unless they actually fill it with themselves and that's that's usually the point where i find most of them they're kind of they've tried everything else and yeah. they've snorted every powder and <laughs> kind of done every done every drug and be you know
drank themselves silly and they've partied and they're bored and they've done everything. And they're like, none of that was fulfilling. So maybe now it's time for me to start doing the work that I could have been doing 10 years ago. You know? Do you find that those people are more easier to work with in the sense of they're more all in because they've reached that pinnacle and realized that like, fuck is this, I am, I am probably more unfulfilled even with like, I've reached the pinnacle that people dream of getting to. Then it's like, so I know for certain I have to go and do this shit now. I'd like to say yes, but like, so they can look, they can be, but when you, when you reach that level of desperation, they can be easier to work with. But what I, it's interesting coaching and the way most people talk about coaching, it's all about certainty, right? Developing certainty. Right. And one of the things that I, I often say to the student coaches that come through my certifications and diploma programs is that you, whenever you're rubbing up against someone's existing certainty, the only sensible tool, tool to use is doubt. So the only, the only way you, you truly begin a journey into transformation, well, change and transformation, two different things, right? But the only way you truly begin a journey into transformation is they have to really come to doubt their existing approach. Like stop defending it, stop believing that one day it might work out and it might pan out. And if I just work my way through this and, you know, I had someone, someone recently really wanted to work with me um, and then, you know, kind of said, but work's busy, cra crazy busy at the moment. And I've got a few really big deals going on and that'll be distracting. And I've got this. And I'm like, cool. I like I, I never do the whole sales spiel on people. People have to want to work with me. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. how is this going to be different next year? The year after that, the year after that, like how many years has work being crazy busy, another big opportunity on the horizon. Like it never yeah. changes, right? And so if if you're if you're certain of your existing situation and you're not willing to really entertain the doubt and kind of analyze that and break break mm. down the kind of story you're telling yourself, there's not really much that coaches can do for you. And so every now and then I'll I'll get someone who'll come to me that's kind of they they're happy they're they're semi happy or they'll describe themselves as semi I'm all right with this. I don't want anything there to change. But yeah, if you could just kind of like tickle this part of my life around a little bit, that will sort me out. I'm like, yeah, that kind of doesn't work that way. Everything, everything's synergistic. It's all interlinked and it's, uh, it's inextricably linked. We don't, you know, you can't work on one part of a person's life really without working the whole life. Sure. And that's both good and bad news, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you first go for the process of transformation, as you know, you know, kind of there's areas of your life that might feel really great. And then we start tinkering somewhere else. And then you go, oh, suddenly my relationship don't feel as good anymore. Mm. Um, now I'm becoming more critical of things within the relationship. It's, those things are always there, but you were just blind to yeah. them or you were, if not blind, ignorant or kind of maybe deceiving yourself. And But they, they always come up eventually, right? Absolutely. That's why I, I like it. It's like, I like the kind of pr the provoking technique where you just you you poke around you're gonna you're gonna get shit and you can, yeah. you can tell when it comes up but it's um but it's it's useful is like i think you need that as well you need the you need the you need to be provoked you need that provoking yeah. out of you because it's like it's it, it's like the the situation where it's like oh things aren't that bad it's like and, it, and that's 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 more okay than actually oh than actually facing an uncertainty yeah and chaos and it's just like where it's like, then you really start to, it's like lifting the lid off. That's why I referred it to when that happened for me. It was like, it's like lifting this lid off the pressure cooker that had been there for God knows how long, but you don't even fucking realize. And then it's just like, oh shit, now I've got to deal, deal with all this. Yeah. 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 
I mean, look, just because you've been been sweeping all the crap under the rug for years, it doesn't mean that crap's yeah. not there and stinking yeah. up the room, right? It's it's there. It's just you're not paying yeah. any attention to it. And a lot of people are a bit shocked when they first have to, you know, pull the rug back and start getting the dustpan and brush out and start actually cleaning up the shit that they've been burying. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. It, it, it's that image piece as well. Because I remember like, um, and something I want to go into is like uh, in leaving the military, um, it can be a big struggle for so many, so many guys and and, and women too. But it's like uh, I remember that for me, and it was almost a denial of that happening because it was like because of having this self image as well of like I've come out of a leadership role in the military, I've been in the military, is like mm-hmm. I've been off to like war zones and stuff, and it's just like I shouldn't be dealing with this. I'm stronger than that. I have all these. I have this strong mentality that I've built and. And all it was is actually is like is just it's just poking the holes out in there where that stuff's not been integrated, it's not been embodied. You've had all this structure, right? In the military, you get all that structure and and all of those good things, especially for men that are like uh, why men are drawn to the military, handed to you on a platter. Yeah. And then when you leave, you've got to create that yourself. And it's like kind of going back backwards in a way. Yeah, and it, it go it goes further, further than that in many respects, because chunks are chunks of that. Um, identity that you need to carry forward into your civilian life. Yeah, they're they're actively drummed out of you, right? So it's, it's not it's not even just the case of I mean, and as great as aspects of the military could turn you into a into a great leader and manager yeah, 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 and all yeah. of that kind of stuff, but aspects of who you are as a person get drummed out of you because yeah. it's that it's that whole thing for the greater good of the team, right? Yeah, which is which is great while you're still part of that team. And then the day you find yourself not part of that team, your brain, there's a, there's a part of your brain called the anterior cingulate cortex, which is all about, um, it's all about our social connections. And it's mostly asking two questions constantly. It's, it's, the, it's the seat of what you could say of our, if you use the old framework, I'm a malian brain. And that part of the anterior cingulate cortex there is constantly saying, who am I connected to? So connection is the first part. Sure. And then the second part is, where do I stand in the hierarchy, right? So who am I more important than? Who am I less important than? And that part of your brain loves, loves constantly poking around and finding those two. Who am I connected to? So who am I important to? Who's important to me? Where am I in the hierarchy of stuff? The forces do a brilliant job of doing that because A, connections while you're serving are really, really strong. Yeah, and they're yeah. very well established from um, branch of service, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, right? To regiment or ship or whatever right so kind yeah. of like, now you've got your core or your regiment or your ship and now within that you've got your kind of your 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 um companies and your platoons and your sections and all of that kind of stuff right yeah. so we get a very very strong sense of who am i connected to and who's connected to me we also get a very strong sense of oh i'm a corporal i'm a sergeant i'm a i'm a second lieutenant i'm a I'm a commander. I'm a whatever it happens to be, right? So we yeah. get a very strong sense of where we are in the hierarchy, which is fantastic. It's brilliant. And the brain loves that while you're serving. Yeah. And then one day you slip into your slip out of your your kind of your greens or your blues for the very last time and you slip into a pair of jeans. And the brain says, Whoa, hold on, where's all my connection? And it goes, Well, hold on. Now there's like I'm down the job center or I'm applying for a job of you know, I'm, I'm a 36-year-old man and there's a there's a 22-year-old interviewing me for a position in Sainsbury's, right? There's a, no offense to anyone in Sainsbury's. That's, you know, <laughs> just the illustration, right? Well, but 
like all sense of hierarchy disappears as well. And so this is this is a really really big deal for the brain, not just for not just for um, servicemen, but for all people. Where kind of when they've been part of something, yeah. you know, um, people that are particularly those who play in team sports, you know, people have yeah. football or rugby careers and things like that, and they they find themselves in a very similar position, not quite quite as bad, but a very similar position. And it's because that part of the brain, that mammalian aspect, that's that's the exact same part of the brain that triggers. Um, parental and particularly ma um, maternal love between between a mother and, the, and an infant, right? So as soon as, as soon as you give birth, that part fires up, and the mum is absolutely bonded to the baby. The baby absolutely bonds to mum, but the baby even knows when mum is leaving the room. It can through the sensory system can smell that mum's not nearby anymore, yeah. and it goes into it goes into complete panic. That's the anterior cingulate cortex, and it creates physical. It's, it's the seat of our physical pain, but it's also the seat of our emotional pain. Wow. And so we we sense both physical and emotional pain through separate separation because it was designed for triggering separation anxiety in infants. So they scream out for their mum, and it makes the mum want to turn back around and, and go running back to the baby. That's what it was for originally. And so, but and that gets really heavily trained into us as we make these really strong connections. And the more usually the more hardship we go through together, which for service people isn't that difficult, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The more shared experiences of hardship, the more that bond strengthens. And yet, you know, we didn't all join the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines on the same day. So we're all de-enlisting. We're all kind of bugging out at various points. Yeah. And suddenly, like, these relationships disappear. And as you probably found, as long as you may have been in and how brilliant some of your relationships are, relationships kind of post-service uh, and people that leave at the same time, they generally tend to be quite good because you're going through the same shit together again, yeah, yeah, becoming yeah. a civvy, you're phoning your mate going, this is crap, isn't it? Yeah, this is really crap, right? But when you leave in stages, you're like, your best mate's still in and you've come out or or vice versa. Yeah. That person who was your best mate, it's not like you ever fall out, but your shared experience isn't there anymore. And so you're over time, you're starting to become slightly redundant to people that were really, really close to you because they're yeah. all talking about the last exercise or the last operation they were on. And you're kind of, you're, you're at home kind of doing whatever it is you do as a civvy. And this, this is all part of that kind of weird paradox that goes on in, goes on in the brain. We get so conditioned into our, into our connections. Yeah. And yet we get kind of, Kind of, you know, kind of both, both physically, but and also emotionally, we get we get dumped from the most important relationships of our lives. You know, you see a lot of people when they break up with a with a loved one or a partner, right? And the kind of how how much that affects. Now, imagine you've got 20, 30, 40, 50, a battalion of people around you, and you broke up with a battalion. Imagine the amount of pain that goes that goes through a soldier. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. It's. Um... It, it is, like, like I say, because of the connections you tend to get there are, are very, um, are very strong. And like, as speaking as uh, as as men as well, is like that kind of bond that you have with men that I think a lot of men struggle with nowadays. I think there's a lot of yeah. men have a lot of a lot of social anxiety of, of coming into groups of men and actually bonding in ways with men. And it's like one of those pieces um we kind of chatting a bit about before we started was that kind of um, these things from like from military life that are transferable that are very grateful for because it's like oh it's like because obviously you 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 spend your time in the military as guys just like giving each other shit um poking each other and poking and poking to try and get a reaction so you grow a thick skin and it's all from like love and connection 
but in a very deep and intense way. And it's not very PC and you have all of these pieces and it's just like, that's, that's, that can be a challenge to recreate in, in, in civil life. But even guys that haven't had that experience, it's like, um, it's that connection piece where I think men struggle so much because we isolate and become lone wolves and, and just retract. And because we don't have those, um, skills or places to actually go and talk about the shit because you're going through the same shit. You have a bond where you can talk about that because you understand that. But if you don't have that, if you're disconnected and you don't, you don't know that other men actually have the same struggles you do and you think it's just you. And it's like, then you have anxiety of bringing that to the men. Cause I can't say that. Cause that makes me weak. I can't say that because I, I feel emasculated or I feel too anxious to bring that up or I'm going to get laughed at or rejected or humiliated and all these pieces. Yeah. Although, like, to kind of, I guess counter that ever so slightly, yeah. the, the the forces the forces are pretty good at that aspect in a very general way. But the way most, or at least in my experience, right? I can only ever speak for myself. But yeah. um, in in my experience, the way most of us let off steam about things that are getting too hard and too tough on me is more more like a whinge in a bitch, right? Kind yeah. of. And, and that that kind of stuff. So even in the forces, as connected as you can be, and you can speak to other men about shit that you're going through. Yeah, there's kind of like an acceptable way of talking about your shit in the forces, and an unacceptable way, right? Yeah. And everyone starts to kind of you know bug out on the the true whinges and the or people that want to get too deep with it. And so I, I still think there's a real gap in even even within the military. There's a real gap between men. Men being complete men, as opposed yeah. to being the um, what a lot of people would like to say, say the warrior man. You know, the yeah, kind sure. of, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna keep plowing through no matter what, and his his leg is hanging off, but he's saying, "I'll take one for the team, and I'll keep going." And like, and and so, in in the forces, there does tend to be, and and certainly as you start to move toward elite regiments as well, but forces generally, anyway, yeah, there yeah. tends to be this kind of man the fuck up aspect that. We'll often, we'll often, everyone gets a little bit uncomfortable when you start talking about something really deep. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, so I, I think as as good as the forces are for bringing certain masculine part of men, they don't they don't necessarily bring the complete man out in you. At least that's been my experience. I 100% agree, mate. I think that was like uh, I would say from leaving as well. That was very um, becomes very evident from leaving is just like where you have these pieces, but they're kind of. The, there's so much more to it so the con the concept in that connection is there but like you say the how you tend to deal with shit is get pissed and, yeah. and dark humor to yeah. kind of bypass that stuff anything that goes deep you kind of like, oh so it's like taking that concept of connection out and but taking it deeper into groups of men where you can bring all that shit yeah and it's it's not just suppressed because it's like finding that it's like all that suppression and it was like all those years it just all comes out and you're like, what, what the fuck is this? Where's this come from? Because yeah. it's just so used to that environment of how men deal with shit. Yeah. So one, one of the things that, and it's kind of like a little catchphrase that I, I repeat over and over and it's part, part of my business kind of model, you can say. Yeah. And it's, I, I'm often, often repeating, you don't have to be more than you are to be happy, successful and free. But if that's ever going to happen for, for true in your life, if that's ever going to happen for real, you have yeah. to be all that you are. Yeah, and the forces bring out a lot of parts that being a civilian very rarely gets to touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the cost of bringing those parts out—the warrior, the aggressive, the keep going—that is often that you suppress the other side. Yeah, you, you put, and whereas, whereas 
kind of a lot of civilians have got the other. They're they're overly sensitive. They're yeah. overly deeply. <laughs> they get offended by everything. Yeah. Um. They can't tolerate discomfort. They can't tolerate kind of um being patient and waiting for their reward. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm saying they because it's, it's not as obviously not as black and white as that. But so I am generalizing. But you know, kind of each side has its uh, has the the bit of the model missing. Yes. You either go, you either go full blown warrior and you like carry on with a finger hanging off and like, <laughs> you know, um, or you go kind of overly sensitive and overly. Um, I think a lot of a lot of civilians to me at time, well, I'm one and I have been for ages, right? Yeah. But a lot, a lot of people without military experience um, generally tend to be exhausted by life by very small uh, small asks of their effort. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. like you know we're going to have to work a bit later. We're going to have to put in a little bit more effort here. We're going to have to take a bit more time doing this. And it's like, uh, they burn out from it very quickly. Yeah. The, the challenge of course, is that, is that squaddies and, and Matlows and, and kind of, uh, and, and airmen and stuff, they were, they will often go the other way and they'll burn themselves out over and over and over and over again for years without realizing that they sometimes need to stop and slow down and, and that hustle isn't yeah. going to get them. 100%. And it's like, I, I refer to that now as like, it's more like leading with heart and spine. So you get the, the, the kind of the spine part would be say is kind of that military warrior piece, but like in a more cultivated way And the heart pieces where you can go into basically you, you can come from your heart, you can tap into your heart emotionally yeah. and feelings and you can be sensitive, but you have, you have like your spine to back that up too. And like your yeah. spine, you have your heart to back that up too. And it's like, and there's, it's, and it's very common, I think, isn't it? It's like, again, in my experience, to, to overshoot or overcompensate in one way. And then yeah. when you start working on the other, other side, whichever one that is for you, it's like it's you overshoot into that one, leave the other one behind, and you're like, fuck. And it's like, I still need that. And then you kind of bring them, bring them both together. Yeah. Yeah, it's that, it's that integration. And it, sure. that's what I mean by you don't have to be more than you are, but you do have yeah. to be all that you are. And, you know, kind of, so, you know, I'm... I do have that kind of get up and go, push hard, yeah. aggressive, you know, sometimes want to punch someone in the face aspect. <laughs> Thankfully, I haven't been that guy for years and years and years. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. if I'm actually being brutally honest, there are times where I still look and go, what you're missing is a punch in the face, right? <laughs> kind of, if, if I could give you this gift of a punch in the face, I'd be more than happy, right? But then the other part of me says, well, A, that's not your business. B, it's not anything to get pissed off at. It's yeah. like, you know, back, back the fuck up and get you know, take care of yourself first. Right. Yeah. Um, so we, we all have all of these aspects. I'm also a poet, a philosopher. Like when, when I first started, I, I write poems all the time and, and philosophy statements, all that kind of stuff. Right. And when some of my squatty mates were first seeing all that, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Right. It's like, because it, it made them uncomfortable to, yeah. to think yeah. that someone they knew that was air quotes like them, but was really unlike them in some of these other ways. Yeah. And, you know, but it, that's that's part of what I mean. But being being all being all that you are, yeah. Not not just not just picking a small part of who you are and then saying, oh yeah, like I'm as I'm as fit as I can possibly be, or I'm as skilled with weapons as I can possibly be, or whatever. Yeah. That's just that's just being more of a quality. But are you all like? Are you the hard, the soft, the dark, the light, the in, the out? Like, are you all of yeah. that? And a lot of people aren't ready ready to ready to go for that. And I think it's because they worry about what it might mean about who they are if they start to explore it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a kind of similar experience there as a psyche is when it started kind of going through that myself and, and started on social media, it was like the old 
your old crew of the military guys like, oh, like laughing joke. Oh, have you seen what Barlow's up to and all this shit? And it's just like, it's, but that's what I mean by I find, I, I don't know if it's a personal thing or it was something that built from the military where having a kind of an attitude or a mental attitude of just like, um, this is what I'm doing is I don't really give a shit in a way. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. I know this feels good for me. This is like going off on air. It's scary, but it's, it's that kind of, in a way it's a courageous act, isn't it? It's like, you need the courage to do that fucking work because it's, yeah. it's really uncomfortable. I mean, literally by definition, it's a courageous act. Right. And, and so yeah. this is, this is a distinction I often make. And when I first say it, particularly kind of X forces guys don't like it. They don't, yeah. they don't like the sound of what's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> um, but, but, but I mean, first off, I absolutely believe it. And secondly, if they stop to think about what I'm saying here, they'll kind of get it. And I consider most service people to be men and women to be extremely brave, mm. right? To, to put on the uniform, to put themselves through what they put themselves through, regardless of what color beret sure. or badge you wear or any of that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I consider them to be extremely, extremely brave. Now, what I don't consider most to be is particularly courageous, Right. So I, I, I consider them to be brave, but not courageous. And that, that's the bit that pisses people off. They go, how can you say that? Like this guy has been in combat 17 times and been shot at and took took rounds and all this kind of stuff. So bravery is doing the scary shit. Right. Courageous literally comes from the Latin core, which means heart. Courage means to speak from your heart. Mm. And if you think about what most of us were trained for in the military, we were trained to shut the fuck up and do as you're told. <laughs> Right. And there are there are very few people in the military that are willing to willing to kind of rock the boat. Yeah. And because because the military comes slamming down hard on you, yeah. either by busting you of your rank, busting you of your pay, taking away your privilege. Right. And like anything that you anything that kind of is happening for you that happens to be good in the military, you rock yeah. the boat and you start to say, no, do you know what? I'm going to Dax Moy here is going to speak from his heart to his commanding officer today. Like commanding officers don't want to hear that. Right. Yeah. Let, let alone commanding officers. We're, we're talking about just your immediate superiors don't want to hear that. That's yeah. not how the game is played. Yeah. And so over time, we learn not to be all that we are. We learn to say the right things. It doesn't mean we're not brave. It doesn't mean that when, you know, kind of when we're, when we're called to battle station, so to speak, or, you know, kind of when we're, when we're called to carry out our military role, we're not brave. We won't run to the front and put our weapons up. Yeah. But yeah. bravery is something different to courage. And, courage can only really come when you're willing to willing to pay the cost of speaking what's true for you and unfortunate and this is this is why so many many soldiers and uh, you know service people struggle i think when they come out is because they've been trained to be brave but not necessarily courageous i don't uh, know how I, you feel about that but that's, no, I, you know, I, that's the distinction i make I, I quite like that because it is um i would put down to like a lot of the a lot of the things like from personal experience of going through and like starting to settle into life after military and then like going, fuck, this isn't my life and becoming depressed. And I loved my time in the military. So I was used to being high energy and like loving life. It's like, it's great. And like, so it was a strange feeling not to feel like that. And it's like, something's wrong. And it's like, is it's like the, the courage is to peace, but like, Oh, maybe this relationship isn't actually for me. Maybe it's just like this living this life or this job and just being able to go, I'm going to follow my heart, which sometimes means is like, I got no fucking idea what's going to happen. No clue. But it's just like, I just know that I have to do this. 
and it's like for me i think that's like the the, the courage piece in there and like a really important like a really a really important um character trait not just for, for men for anybody right is to be able to do that because it's it's not it's really not an easy thing to do either is it no it's it's, it's simple but not easy yeah 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 i like that right? it's simple like most of us, we've never really spent any time defining ourselves. And there are there are several ingredients that I find have to be in place in order for you to truly put your hand up and say, yeah, I, I know myself. I know myself really well. Yeah. And that, that would be understanding your, your morals, like the, the moral mm. framework that you use to go through life. Our yeah. morals are generally handed to us by our social groupings, right? So they tell us what's right and wrong, what's good and bad, what's good and evil and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so very few people have spent any time exploring their morals. And so it's very hard to know yourself, how you fit into, into the world that you live in without knowing your morals and say, let picking each one apart. Do I agree with that? Where, where do I draw the line on that moral? How far does that moral go? Right. Similarly, your values, like what kind of what are, what are your values? What do you hold as dear and true and really high level and say, this is the kind of this is how I want to show up in the world. Kind of, you know, every every time I step outside my street door, every time I speak to a member of my family, this is not this is who I have to be, but this is who I'm trying to be because yeah. none of us are perfect, right? Sure. And so, one one of the, one of the problems when you start speaking about morals and values, people kind of see you as a hypocrite because you're not fully living it. Yeah. But there is the courage to try and live it, and then and then also the courage to tell your truth, tell your truth that you fucked up, and you go. You know yeah. what? Like, so my, my three core values are truth, joy, and love. I try to be really truthful, as truthful as I can. I try to be as joyful as I can. I try to be as loving as I can. Right. Yeah. Um, and there are days when I'm a grumpy bastard. There are days when, so, when I, I don't want to dig into people's truth or I, I, I police it. And, and in my, on my worst days, I, I, I'm just a, an out and out liar. I'm kind of telling, I'm telling half truths or, or kind of, oh, do you know what? Like I, I'll just tell them this. I used to yeah. find myself doing that all the time, like bragging, bragging about income that I hadn't really made, but because I was already doing well, I'd, you know, let's say, let's say I had uh, 150 grand that year, but I'd round it up to two fifty. Oh yeah, I made two fifty. Like, and then we sit back in my room, and go, most people aren't making 150, and they'd look at you and go, shit, how are you doing that? Why did you just tag another hundred grand onto your income? What, what did you do that for? <laughs> like, what were you hoping for? Like, and you can learn a lot about yourself. Like when mm. you measure yourself against your intended values, yeah. you say, this is the, your values are like your compass. It's like, this is the direction I want to go. The direction I want to move myself in life is truth and joy and love. But sometimes I find myself being a grumpy lying bastard. Right. <laughs> and so, but then I go, but the great thing about that is any doubt can go, Whoa, Dax, you're off course. Yeah, that's not where you wanted to go. So then, so you got your morals, you got your values, and then you got your beliefs in general. Like, what do you believe? Most people have never explored their beliefs. What do I believe about money? What do I believe about politics, religion, sex? Uh, what do I believe about kind of left versus right? What do I believe about race? What do I believe about kind of gay and straight and sexuality and gender? What do I believe? And truly asking yourself the questions, like you know, that's a big part of the work that I do with people. Like, if yeah. you think about that carving on the on the temple temple of apollo at delphi know thyself right so i, I expand there it's like know yourself grow yourself show yourself you are showing up in the world at the moment to the degree that you have grown yourself yeah. and you can only grow yourself to that degree to to the degree that you actually know yourself you go here's what i think about myself so i've grown in this direction and this is how i show up right and now you go well 
not really liking how I show up. Okay, there's some stuff about yourself that you either don't know or that you're holding as true that might be bullshit. So go back and explore those things. Know yourself a bit better. And now you've grown into a different version of yourself. And now you're showing up in the world in a different way. So it's this this progressive kind of kind of thing that I think most people aren't leaning into. Uh, most people are struggling with. And, and again, it's, it's, I think it's where we started, which is most people are trying to have stuff before yeah. being someone. Like yeah. be, be the person you said you'd be. And I, I wish, I, I honestly wish I could say that I'm always the the person I intend to be and I'm not like, but uh, cause I'm, cause I'm human, but I'm also, I also know when I'm not him and I can, I, I used to go off on kind of um, wild detours in my life, like the year of being a dick. Right. <laughs> I used to go off on, on wild detours, not know I was on the detour yeah. and then wonder why things weren't going well for me. Now my detours are less frequent when they do happen. I, I recognize very quickly that I've gotten lost and when I've gotten lost, I know the way to get back to myself. And so that's, you know, kind of none of us, are, I think, are trying to be kind of, you know, some kind of messiah and live life on an absolutely straight path and never deviate. There's a there's a lot of fun in the deviations as well. As, well, as much as there's some nightmares, there's, there's a lot of fun there as well. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to just walk on the on the on the path that, that I'm setting for myself. But at the same time, when I go off course, I can bring myself back a lot quicker than I ever could before. And I think that's that really does come down to knowing yourself. And it's it's almost impossible if you don't. I love that a lot, Dax. Uh, and I, is that, isn't it? It's, like, it's literally, it's like when you veer off course. It's not yeah. that like, oh, you know, if. It's like, no, when you fucking do that, because yeah. it's like you're going to, aren't you? And it's that, it's, it's that I, I find it's like the, the radical honesty piece is like the more you know yourself, the more you allow yourself to be radically honest with yeah. yourself, which is practice and it's uncomfortable and you don't like it. Um, but it's like, it's so worthwhile because it's like, even when you get, like that if you're the man in the arena and you're going and it's like people are looking you go well you're not perfect all the time you do this you do that it's like yeah but i'm here and i'm fucking doing it and sometimes it's messy and i fuck up and i go off course but if the more radically honest you can be with that and own that and the more that you know yourself the more you kind of don't take that those criticisms to heart because it's just like i can take responsibility for that that yes i'm imperfect and i will fuck up and i can own that and i don't try and hide it yeah, like, um, Jocko Willink calls it extreme ownership, right? It's just, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, knowing, yeah. It, it's knowing that you are ultimately responsible for what's happening to you. Yeah. Right? And if you want it to be something different, there's something different you have to do. Yeah. And if you want to do something different, there's probably someone different you have to be. In other words, bring the facet of yourself that you've been avoiding. Bring, bring the part of yourself that you've not been using to, you know, to bear on this problem. Yeah. And say, you know, I've been, I've been the, the muscle guy. I've been the smash through guy. I've been the bloody minded kind of, no one's going to get in my way guy. Well, mm-hmm. actually, what if, what if I was the softer guy, the thoughtful guy, the guy who asks for help, the guy who says, oh, I'm really struggling here. Yeah. I could really, really do with someone to kind of, you know, give me some guidance or give me some support. What if, what if you showed up as that guy? Because the guy who keeps showing up and trying to smash his way through it isn't getting very far with it. So maybe, maybe it's, Maybe it's not a problem that the, the, maybe it's not a problem that's insurmountable. Maybe it's insurmountable with the version of you that's approaching it. Mm. And something just caught then as well is like finding like, especially with social media and like businesses on social media and all this sort of stuff and coaching and that, that it's like, it's, it's a lot of it can be hidden behind the social media 
persona right and like in and in some ways we, we kind of do that but it's where people are now like see through that more and more and more and what they actually just want is some fucking realness and honesty more than anything yeah. like quite simply it's just like where it's we go into this pattern of like maybe trying too hard for coming from yeah. some place or trying to prove something is like trying too hard like the i made 250 grand and i made 150 rather than actually just being more radically honest and like you, you like you said as well it's that kind of like is that you kind of you're enough right now like being who all of you who you are right now yeah. and that's good enough but it's just like but do you actually believe that and feel that and why you're right. trying to, i'm trying to convince people rather than actually just being fucking honest and that's what people actually are really craving more and more and that's where the connection and i like i'm a big fan of like connection and intimacy piece is it's like um and it's like where the connection and intimacy is formed in in that but it's but it's 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 courageous to do that in a sense because it's challenging yeah. and you don't see everyone doing that no and and i think that really comes down to that comes down to creating a relationship with yourself first yeah right? do, do you trust the person that looks back at the mirror right look back from the mirror do you trust that person yeah because trying to then convey to another person who's not in your mirror that you're trustworthy is never going to work right now you don't like you know the math doesn't add up you're saying there's a complete stranger out there that i want to show them that i'm real and i'm kind and i'm considerate and i'm going somewhere i've got an idea about life and all the rest of it and you look in the mirror and you just go you are so full of shit right (laughs) You've got, you've got to learn to learn to trust yourself. And the way we the way we kind of learn to trust ourselves is is as simple as do what you said you would do, or at least do more of what you said you would do than you didn't, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of yeah. again, none of us are infallible. So we're, you know, we we drop out of things, we drop the ball on stuff, right? But when when you look at yourself in the mirror, do you do you see a guy who's who's keeping more of his promises than he's breaking? If not, start making smaller promises and keep them. Yeah. You know, that our, our self-esteem, our, our, sense of, our sense of self-worth, our sense of self-belief is all founded on the promises we make to ourselves that we keep. And most of us don't trust ourselves. We have low self-esteem because we, we think we're bullshitters. We're like, we saw ourselves drop, drop the ball again and again and again and again. We don't keep our word to ourselves. And then in that way, we sometimes overcompensate and keep in keeping our word to other people by working jobs we don't want to work anymore, by staying in relationships we don't want to stay in because we're super compensating. We're trying to keep our word to other people. Yeah. But actually the most important thing is to keep your word to yourself as often as you possibly can. A hundred percent, mate. It, um, and, and that's something is like, I, I find is like literally probably the, the biggest thing to work on most with men. It's like, you can go into like leadership or relationships and embodiment and all these pieces, which are great, but ultimately it's like, it's, it's forming that deeper, more intimate connection and relationship with yourself, clearing yourself out as a man getting to know yourself, like who you actually are underneath and behind, even behind all of those um, uh, repressed emotions that you don't want to feel is just like, there's so much, greatness behind that but it's like you're not allowing yourself to see that and it's kind of like the way like the way out is the way through but um it's it's that piece it's like that is to see a lot in relationships like especially your personal ones right they're the one of the biggest reflectors because it's the place you're required to show up the most open the most vulnerable the most loving the most sensitive the most all the things 
Um, and I think as, 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 as a lot of men, we can like really struggle with that sometimes, but it's also a really good feedback tool, but it's, it's like, but the more you can create the intimacy and connection with yourself first, especially as a man, that's something we struggle with is the more you can create that in a relationship that maybe you think is not the relationship or it's not working where actually it, it could really, really could be. But it's just like you're you're only bringing like maybe you're bringing like 20, 30 percent of yourself into that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's that be be all of yourself again. Right. Yeah. Um, and that really comes from, you know, people use use the word integrity, but they have a tendency to me um, to miss the meaning of it. Right. Kind of integrity to be integrated for all of the parts to be present. That's integrity. Yeah. And so kind of it, it keeps. <laughs> We keep coming back around to the same thing. Like, yeah. is this a person who has integrity? Yes. Well, how can you have integrity if you're only showing me part of who you are? Where's the rest of you? And you don't look. Here's the thing: you don't have to go out into the world like if you've been this, like this hard charger and a tough bastard, and like you're out in the, oh, yeah. out in the world like that. You don't have to suddenly tomorrow start writing poetry and publish it on <laughs> publish it on Facebook for all the world to see and crit critique, right? But but just be aware that there are things that move you in life. Like start yeah. telling yourself the truth. Like I watched a movie and like, you know, kind of, I, I, I get emotional at movies or books or certain poems and all kinds of stuff. Right. There was a, there was a time back in my life where like, Oh, like pretend yeah. to go to the toilet. Right. And now, now I'm like, we well, sat there watching a movie and there'd be tears in my eyes. I'm like, Oh damn, that, that hit the spot. Right. Yeah. That's, in, that's integrity. It's being true to yeah. yourself to see all the parts of who you are. You don't have to be, you know, suddenly, suddenly start publishing every intimate fact of your life on yeah, Facebook. Right. You don't ever have to do that, in fact. But just even if you even if you're not going to introduce social media to all the parts of who you are, introduce yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where, where are the other bits of me? Like the thing is, once you meet those other parts of yourself frequently enough, then you'll then you'll start to get the courage to maybe share it with one person, one person that you're really close to. Yeah. And they'll go they won't even be surprised they'll go i always knew that was that part of you i always yeah. fucking knew and you've been hiding it all this time i'm so glad i've finally got to meet this part and then one person will become two and two will become four and four will become eight and over time you'll be really really comfortable it's like it's like working out you don't have to go and bench press 150 kilos on your very first workout like an empty bar and kind of just just use the empty 20 kilo bar and then next time you go to the gym use 25 kilos and like build up your strength yeah. And build up your, you build up your courage in the same way. You don't have to declare yourself to the world standing on a mountaintop doing the, the arms out pose and say, right, you know, Dax Moyes arrives and he believes all these things. Yeah. Start declaring to yourself the, the things about yourself that you know to be true, or at least you believe strongly. And I'm talking about both the dark and the light. 100%. Like, Sometimes I'm a complete prick and I've, yeah. I've treated, do you know what? I've treated some people in my relationships awfully and I've done yeah. ter terrible things in these areas, but yeah. you know what? I've also done some really, really good things. And I've re also done some really, really helpful things for other people as well. Yeah. Right. Cause in, in every single one of us, there's the dark and the light. There's the, there's the kind of the, you know, the, the complete, <laughs> the complete cunt. And then, the, then they're kind of the, the complete angel, right? Every single one of us has that person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so some of us generally, you know, we we tend to get fixated on one or the other, and we go like, oh no, like we get really down on ourselves. Yeah, I'm a complete 
cunt. Or we get like, oh no, I'm you know, but I wouldn't melt in my mouth, and I'm such a such a great person. Yeah. And none of us are uh, those extremes all the time. Yeah. And so we need to meet all the variations of ourselves in between. And then you'll find that actually, most most of us are somewhere in the middle. And then once we figure out the somewhere in the middle, we can invite ourselves to take the journey towards the more positive side a bit more frequently. Yeah. But if you don't know yourself, you can't really do that because you keep denying all the things about who you are and what you're like. Yeah. Then like the non-acceptance of those is those, those shadow pieces. And also is like the compassion, right? It's like, it's, yeah. I find a lot of it's like, um, we tend to speak to ourselves like shit. It's like really watching how someone speaks to themselves is just like, it, it's uh it's like having more self-compassion for those parts and own them. It's like, that's the ownership piece, right? As well, you own yeah. them. And you'd be like, the more you can just own them and go, cool, uh, forgiveness, compassion, and and move on. So you don't have to hold that or keep being judged for that over and over again. Absolutely, um, yeah. But it's that, that emotional piece as well is like, maybe life is like the, you know, it moves and I'm the same as like, and that's, I think that's a really big piece, probably for a lot of men, because it's a human piece too. It's just like the, that you are sensitive. It's like yeah. you you have emotions, you have feelings, and you are sensitive. And it's just like that was um for me as well as like such a huge piece of like um of 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 owning your sensitivity, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, it's that's such I find that was such a ground breaking piece of like coming from that kind of I suppose a more bravado side and then going into that. I'm like, oh, I fucking really like it here in this in this sensitivity emotional part. It's fucking great, and that, and that's what I meant earlier when I was saying that the forces are great for bringing out the, you know, the the very often socially repressed aspect of our drive and our aggression. <laughs> yeah. They're brilliant at that, like, yeah, because yeah. that's the purpose of the forces, right? Yeah. But yeah. what what the forces don't want you doing is kind of getting upset and and becoming, you know, dysfunctional and unable to operate. So that bit yeah. gets. Uh, either beaten out of you or ridiculed out of you, right? You kind of you, you get you start to be a bit ashamed to show that part because yeah. if you're in a if you're in a unit of 120 blokes and none of those are none of those are seem to be there. Here's the thing: they're all feeling what you're feeling, but, yeah. but they're also all feeling the same shame and embarrassment about feeling it. Yeah, and no yeah. one's talking about that part. <laughs> that, <laughs> right? Yeah, that, that's yeah, the yeah, reality. Yeah. yeah. I think that I think that's the good as well. I think it's well as well we make things so heavy as well, and it's like it doesn't need to be. Where like if I'm like in a group of men and like taking them through something, it's just realizing it's like, look, guys, it's like, and someone else, oh my god, it's like that's that's me too. You've just explained exactly. It's like yeah, it's like it's because like it's so shocked that it's like other men have the same shit going on, but it's like because of the shame, um, the shame, the the weakness association and the emasculation pieces. I find a lot is just like. It's like I can't, I can't say these things. Yeah, it's just like so. You need somebody to actually go and do that, which again is a, a courageous act for from a for a man is to go out, be the first to go out there and go. I'm going to fucking bring this up. Yeah. But when you realize, men, oh, as men, we go through that as a collective. It's just like you realize you're going to be met with oh, actually like, oh yeah, actually fucking me too. Yeah, and and that's that's what I mean by that distinction between bravery and courage. But that's why it's all, always really good for military personnel to realize that yeah they've, they've already got a lot of the tools right they've, they've yeah, already yeah. been exercising bravery for quite some time yeah. even regardless of your arm or your service or your role like you showed up to boot camp and you you put yourself through that that's that's a really brave thing to do mm. regardless of what color hats you wear and what color uniform right it's a, it's a brave thing to do yeah um if you've got bravery it's often a lot easier to find your courage 
Uh-huh. And every service person person that I, that I know has got bravery. Yeah. So my invitation is always lean a bit further in, into into discovering the courage. Now, say what you want to say. Yeah. Right. Say say the things that you've felt you know a bit shy, embarrassed, maybe even ashamed to say previously, yeah. and start saying them, even yeah. if it's just yourself, even if it's just in a journal, but start saying it. Yeah. And life will change for you as soon as you as soon as you start down that road like it's it's impossible for it not to you can't you can't put truth back in the box once yeah. you've heard yourself yeah. say it like you can't put it back in the box once you've admitted it to yourself it's there and it's there yeah. with you for good that's why I'm, I'm sure you get that as well i get a lot of fuck you craigs off guys when they're like you take them into that and they, it comes up and they're like oh fuck you because <laughs> yeah. you know you can't put it back you can't put it back it's, yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's like now i have to go into this now i have to go in and do this because that's who i am that's who i that's who i know i am you know and there's there's that saying that the truth will set you free which it which it will it doesn't mean that while it's setting you free it's going to be comfortable kind of it, you, you might you might hate the feeling of freedom when it first comes up like yeah. oh, i preferred it back in the box like yeah. put, put it back but you can't it never goes back in I remember what I used to do was like, um, is is like when I wanted to like really check if I'd strip something out, whether it was a shame piece or a vulnerability piece or something like that. Is like I would literally write a post about it and and put it on Facebook, and then I'd hide away for like fucking three days, like feeling physically sick or having a conversation with um, my dad and like I'm going to tell him because you can go through a lot of the healing stuff, right? And it's like you can do exercises, you can talk about things, but it's just like. I want to know what's still deeper there. And it's like, it's like, what could I do? Is like, okay, go and have a conversation with my dad and say, I resented you and was angry at you for all these years because I felt that you fucking, you were a dick and you all, all these things and like, get it all out. And then behind that is actually the, the relationship that you actually always wanted to have with, with not just a lot for a lot of guys, it's fathers, but in, in general, it's just like, yeah, and taking that approach and it's like but that's again that's a that's a courageous act to do that because it's like you really don't fucking want it <laughs> yeah yeah just it's, i say just there, there's no just to it because it's one of the hardest things in the world but yeah but leaning leaning into courage rather than bravery it, it takes a bit of detraining in some respects right oh, kind yeah. of so easy to kind of force yourself through like i, I meet people all the time and say oh I, I don't have problems with confidence i'll you throw me in any room you stand me on any stage i'll do that like okay but will you have the difficult conversation with your partner about yeah. this? Oh, yeah. no, 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 i'm not i'm not doing that one yeah right? yeah yeah, yeah. So, in other words they're brave but they're not courageous yeah I, I, I like that i really like that's probably going to be the, the probably a concept of, of this um conversation that i'll put up is like it's that I love that that um, the difference between bravery and courage that you say there. It's like it, yeah, and it's like even f- it's it's um, yeah so fucking important because like you said, it's that even that explanation of the confident guy put me in any room, but it's just like okay, go and have a conversation with your wife about something is like vulnerable for you, and it's just like fucking <laughs> no chance. It's like everyone's got their areas right, and it's almost like I see it as like I I want to know those areas. Because it's yeah. like, I want to know where those are in myself. Because obviously you can hide behind your confident areas, can't you, easily. I'm really good at this. So I'll just stick yeah. at those. Where am yeah. I Where am I not so confident? Where am I like, where does it make me feel sick? And I'm like, that's that's like your direction to go in. So even with that, it's like the, sometimes it's what, you, what we call anxiety or vulnerability in that. It's just like, it's, that is your compass in a way. That's your direction to go in. That's it. 
the finger in the air, right? It's like, yeah. right? You kind yeah. of go, where, where, where do I feel like I want to vomit every time you tell me I have to confront this or speak to someone about it? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. If, if, you're, if you're getting signals not to go there, it's probably the area you need to go. Yeah, and I find that reframing is very helpful. It's helpful for guys too because it's like that. Even even feelings of anxiousness and anxiety, it's just like it's it's like it's shame around that, and it's just like. But how do you use that? How do you look at that uh, and reframe it? It's like it's oh, oh, this is a useful something for me to look at. Something I'm not feeling, a direction that I'm scared to go in, and that's okay. And then it's like where you exercise courage in that as well. And one of, one of the things I've always said about that, kind of as we're starting to kind of lean into our courage muscles, if you will, start to build our courage muscles, yeah, is the idea that you don't have to do anything more than tell yourself the truth. You don't have to even act on this just yet. Like, yeah, yeah. there are different levels of invitation. Invitation one is just to tell yourself the truth about something difficult. Yeah. Now, invitation two might be telling somebody else the truth about it right yeah. but kind of that you know you might not be ready for invitation to just yet and that's fine like you don't have to discover something about yourself today and then write a book about it and yeah. try and get yourself on oprah so that you can speak about <laughs> it right it's like it doesn't have to be that it could be you may and you may tell yourself the truth and you may live with that truth for three six twelve months you go well at least i've told myself the truth about it yeah right so and i think one of the one of the big panics about this is that very often people think that as soon as they discover something that they have to, it's that, it's that kind of, again, very often with the military, that pushing through, right. Okay. I've, I've found it. Yeah. Now I've got, to, now I've got to face my fear, right. I've got, yeah. I've got to, I've got to fight through it and, and get, get to the next place. I know you don't, you just kind of very often, but one, what you'll find is that if you're present with it enough, it's like when you first go on the ranges, I remember, you know, I, I went to the forces from being an army cadet, so I wasn't particularly scared when I when I went in, right? But the first time we were on the ranges for for guys who'd never fired live ammunition, like there was like flinches and and you know every single to every sim every single time around went off, people were like flinching. Yeah. And it after a while though, you know, you as you probably remember, you're you end up on range days. And people are actually going to sleep at the back of the ranges. Uh, literally, you're, you're in the butts or something, and you're kind of people. People actually start dozing off at the back of the range. You just become so accustomed to it, your brain doesn't even recognise it as something dangerous or disturbing anymore. It's just it's just background noise. Yeah, it just turns into background noise. And our fears often do that if we don't rush them. If we don't say, yeah. "Well, now I've discovered something, I have to do something about it." But if we just say, "Well, I've discovered it, let me be with it for a little while," right? And if you do that there comes a natural point where it just wants to come out of you and you start speaking to people about it naturally. You don't, you don't bully yourself into, into saying the, saying the yeah. words that are in you. They, they start to come out naturally. Yeah. So I, you know, one of the ways I would describe that to people is, is think big, but act small. Like think about the big changes and the big truths and the big ideas and ideals that you have for your life, the big visions. But just cause you have a big vision of you want to, own a multinational corporation and making a hundred billion dollars a year or whatever. Yeah. But well, you don't have to act big on that. You can act really, really small. Okay. Let me, let me take out a paper napkin and write down my idea about yeah. what I've got here. Oh, let me have a chat with my missus about this and see what she thinks about it. And right. Act small. And if you take enough small steps, you, you, you end up taking the big journey, the, the whole Lao Tzu journey of a thousand miles, right? Kind yeah. of that's how, that's how it happens.
And it's the same with conquering your fears. You, yeah. you don't have to, you, you have to know what the fears are and you have to tell yourself the truth about them, but you don't have to, you don't have to like throw yourself. If you're, if you're afraid of, afraid of heights, you don't have to go and do a parachute jump tomorrow. You just become aware that you're afraid of heights yeah. and gradually start taking small steps yeah. towards conquering it. I remember it's like definitely used to be extreme and intense in those where like someone come up is like, right, go, go now. It's like just in complete go mode and intensity all the time. And it's, it's, it worked. I take guys here in Ibiza to um, like have a men's thing on a Wednesday, take them to like go do some climbing, you know, just challenging stuff physically and mentally and that. But it's like, there's a cliff jump bit. And I remember like cliff jumps into water. I used to have, I have to do every single one. I have yeah. to, I can't leave it until I've done it. Now it's like, if I'm not feeling like it's like, I'm all right. I don't need to do it. So when guys are trying to make themselves do it and they're like, oh, I'm like, you know, you don't have to do it as well, right? You can, there's actually, sometimes it's like your lesson is in actually being able to say no and, and not go and do that. But without beating yourself up or saying that you're like, I'm fucking weak, I'm stupid, I couldn't do it. It's just like, yeah. I find it's like, I want somebody to not jump and then use that as like a lesson for everybody else. Say, look, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't mean well, anything. Well, again, right? That's that's the that distinction between being brave and being yeah. courageous, right? If you're being brave, you'll jump. If yeah. you're being courageous, you'll say, "Oh, geez, I'm not feeling it." Like you're yeah. speaking your truth from your yeah. heart. Like I'm not ready for this just yet. I, I, yeah. Like I, I actually don't want to do this. And I know there might be people looking at me right now thinking I'm yeah. a pussy or something like that, yeah. but I really don't want to do it. So yeah. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You're right. That's courage. Kind of bravery. What might make that make, make that person jump anyway. And some, yeah. sometimes there's benefit in doing that, but very sure. often there's not. If, you, if, if you're jumping for yourself, because yeah. what you're telling yourself inside the truth is the truth is I am scared, but I really, really, really want to do this. Yeah. That's something different. Yes. Right. That's, that's bravery and courage present at the same time. If you jump because you're afraid that other, other people in your men's group are going to look at you like a pussy for not jumping because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're the only one who didn't jump. Yeah. Now that's that you may be being brave, but you're not being courageous. Yeah. A hundred percent is like, I remember learning that from like going on adventures and taking people on like in um, adventures in the mountains is that it's like, it's a great lesson when somebody does that. Cause it's like, you look, do you, because you probably wouldn't look at that as courage, right? You probably look at like a lot of people look at that and go, Oh, I'm fucking. St- I'm the only one that didn't jump. That means I'm a pussy or I'm weak. And I was like, yeah. look how like that's your language where in in life when you're not doing something that you think you should be doing or you're not as good as you think you are. And it's like, and like that again. That different the difference you said between bravery is jumping, courage is not. If you're not feeling it, is to be able to do that. And it's just like I love that when that happens more. Yeah, because it's like because it's it's to be able to like to 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 help the guy who didn't jump to to kind of reframe that is huge it's like what you know you're not trying to prove anything you don't have to it's just like that's cool it's just like you know where your kind of edges at now and that's fine it's like um be okay with that yeah and so so i'm hoping you know that that's i'm hoping that's something that the particularly i mean any men watching this but particularly the forces guys watching this yeah. Um, take away from this, maybe, you know, that, like, like I said, it always makes people a bit uncomfortable and gets their backs up a little bit. When I say that for people in the forces generally tend to be very brave, but often not very courageous. When they very first hear that, it's like, what the fuck? Like, what's he on about? But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that that distinction there is, is yeah. kind of bridging the gap between, between kind of the initial kind of reaction that people might get in their brain and the, and the intention behind it. 
Yeah, I know. I, I I love that. I think that's great. I appreciate that, Dax. It's like that, you know, like that, and that courage coming from the heart, right? As well, it's uh, yeah. It's, it's where it's I think where we tend to not come from, and it and it's it tends to be the other way. So it's I like that. Um, I like that definition that you've used. It's really powerful. It's like, and that's I'm going to use that as well. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think, yeah, I think that's a, a good amount covered in there, Dax. Unless you've got anything else you wanted to. No, make, I think you know. I think we've we've. I always call what my my conversation <laughs> mad ramblings, and I think yeah. I've mad rambled um, for a whole bunch of stuff. I'm I'm hoping it's been of some value and of some entertainment to uh, yourself and your people. Yes, uh, but I, I've definitely enjoyed it. I always I always enjoy talking about this stuff. It's um, it's just it it's good to um. Even if it's, you know, clearly you think along these kind of same lines, but it's sometimes good to get a new framework or a new language or a new example yeah. or something that just goes, oh, right, that, that, this happens to me all the time. And it's it's yeah. one of the reasons why I, why I really like doing podcasts, you know, is that sometimes I hear myself say something and I go, I've not heard myself explain it that way. <laughs> before yeah like it hasn't changed my belief at all my belief is still what my belief was but somehow in this instance today this new variation of my storyline came out and it's it's so it's really valuable for me too yeah i love that because it's like you do hear things in a different way so like some things that i might think is like hearing it like for me the biggest piece is that brave courage thing and it's like when you said like the military people get like i'm like oh i like that i like those sort of things that are kind of like a bit challenging and maybe a bit provoking and it's like yeah. uh, it makes perfect sense and it's so useful yeah um that's awesome cool. right awesome. well i've really enjoyed myself today mate so thanks uh, thanks for having me on awesome thanks very much dax appreciate that mate no worries